This is an AMI podcast. Hey guys, welcome along to another episode of Double Tap. It's the Express for Saturday, the 29th of July, 2023, where we wrap up the week. You're listening to Double Tap Express, your weekly roundup of what's happening on Double Tap this week. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Sean Priest. Hey, Sean Priest, how are you? <laughs> I'm excellent, thank you, Stephen Scott. You know what? I'm I'm rethinking the name of this episode. Uh oh, you want to change well, I, it? Well, Express. I mean, when I think of us, you know, and this show, I, I don't really think <laughs> Express the speed of light. Express. I, it doesn't. I don't know. What's the opposite to Express? I'm I'm maybe thinking freight train might be more oh, appropriate. Well, yeah. That yeah, that's actually true. Freight. We've- Double tap freight. Is that our new name? <laughs> I thought that, actually, the first time I met you when we went to that convention and you, I was hanging onto your shoulder and you were just, you, you go like a freight train. Unbelievable. <laughs> no, hang on. That, People I, I, were diving out of your way. You are so speedy. Are you suggesting that I am fat? Mm. No, I'm saying for a larger... Because mm, you're uh, right. But I'm just... Uh, I'm just uh, yeah, like, you can't, no. For a larger gentleman, you can move. To put it that way. Or it's you have true, no concept actually. of other people or any care of their safety. It's actually one, quite one true. Someone said this to me once. They said, you know, for your size, you actually are very swift. You are. Wow. It's, anyway. all, it's all in my stomach. That's, my weight is all in my stomach. That's all where my weight is. The rest mm, of me mm. is fine. Yes. <laughs> Ish. <laughs> I'm going to use that line. I'm actually the perfect weight apart from my stomach. Just that one uh, bit, yeah. Yeah, get yeah, rid of that. Else. I'd be fine. <laughs> uh, uh, how's your week? Um, very good, actually. Yeah. Uh, yes, I, I, I've enjoyed this week. I know that sounds. I'm saying it like I should be surprised by that, but I've got to say again, the interaction we get from you guys, the listeners. Did I just say you guys? I'm so you sorry. Guys. You, should, you guys. You I should guys. never say that. I should be killed immediately um <laughs> it's a uh, bit extreme uh, sorry the people <laughs> the, the interaction and the emails and the voicemails we get i i love that I, i've never been in a show where we get so much interaction and it it makes the show right it's oh, amazing absolutely, absolutely and it's not just the interaction it's the it's the way and you know the fact that you know pete from guernsey we're going to hear from peter today uh on the express all about you know the uh, orbit writer which we've been wondering about because we've talked so much about the hable one yeah but how do you how, how do you use the Orbit Writer? Is it the same? And, you know, Peter goes into so much detail for us. Uh, so we're going to be giving you a chance to hear that today. Uh, he just did that off the bat of, of us just asking the question. And, you know, I love that you guys trust us to take your audio that you send us and know that we'll clean up any errors or, you know, if you've edited, if you've recorded it and you maybe feel you've stumbled your way through it and you want us to fix it. Peter said at the end of his message, we didn't air this part, but he said at the end, you know, I'm sorry for umming and eyeing all the way through this. Uh, you know, and absolutely not. not. Don't worry about it. Look, we can edit. That's what we do. We, yes. I actually really enjoy editing, and I'm loving it more, actually. Um, with audacity. Look, don't shoot me on this, because I know you'll all start me again. <laughs> oh, I'm a <laughs> reaper, reaper. What, reaper. what happened, Stephen? It's, just, it's, it's like we were saying yesterday, right? You know, it's just another mountain to climb. And, you know, there's only so many mountains you can climb in a week. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
you know, yeah, yeah, unless you're a mountain climber, obviously. <laughs> yeah, in which right. case, then I guess that's quite. A well, few. at the end of the day, we just got to get stuff done, and um, yeah, that's at, at the it. minute, audacity is working for us. So, um, yeah, we'll get there eventually. Yeah, but no, I absolutely echo Sean's comments. You know, thank you so much for your interaction, and again, not just the demos because, of course, that is wonderful. We love that, but the perspectives that you bring. And, you know, one thing I wanted this show to be when we set out to to do this was for it to really, I mean, ultimately, when I began this whole journey on this, it was to do with telling people about mainstream solutions, moving away from the specialist tech, mm-hmm. because, you know, it seemed to me that the only options that were ever presented to me as someone who was losing vision or indeed had low vision was, you know, specialist options. No one ever said, hey, here's this box you can buy from Best Buy that'll solve all your problems. That was never really an option. And I wanted to find those solutions. So that was where the show began. And now it's become really a community where we all come together and we share our knowledge. And it's not you and I dictating to the world what we think and everyone else just follows in line. It's everybody has a voice at this table. And you are as much as part of this as, as you know, what we've, we do. We just help you guys get your view on air and we share it and we, you know, get other people to react. And you help each other out. And I love that. I absolutely love that. It's brilliant. Well, that was far too serious. Um, I think yeah, that's but you've got to stop sometimes and say thank you, right? Because honestly, everyone so. is, is yes. just so wonderful on this. And uh, yeah, your, your contribution means a lot. And even if you're not contributing, I know I say this as well sometimes, but you don't have to contribute. Just if you're there, if you're just listening, if you're just taking all this in, if maybe you're in a place where you're just not ready to contribute or you don't even want to contribute, that is fine. It's absolutely fine. Yep. Just, just listen to us and just, you know, stay with us. You know, we'll be here every day. Want, and, I, I say uh, we'll be here every day, actually. We're taking a holiday later in the month, in August. Oh, is that forced or? Uh, I think it is. Yeah. It's, <laughs> they've told us that we've been doing this show now for a year nearly, uh, every day. Some yes. of us more of the year than I, others. I, I, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I mean, I did break a body part. I mean, I, I put it you in your mouth. I did. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> It's all coming out now, right? The the first call I made before the ambulance was to you to say, you know what, I I don't think I'm going to turn up to the recording this morning. As I was led on on the paper. I think think I'm allowed a little bit of compassion fatigue, all right? (laughs) Just a little bit. Fair enough. Oh, good. Uh, So we're on holiday. Where are we going? We're on holiday, yeah. We're going to uh, Double Tap Cruises, uh, get set (laughs) sail. Double Tap Island. (laughs) Me and you in a caravan for a week. Uh, It's going to be beautiful. Recording more shows. Um, Yeah, we probably will record a lot of stuff. That's the funny thing, right? We say we're on holiday. We'll probably record a lot of stuff. But yeah, there'll be no show uh, from the 21st of August. We're going to take a bit of a break. I hope you don't mind, but we're going to take a little break just to... uh, to reset ourselves for the new season that starts in September. And uh, look, nothing's changing, by the way. I know that AMI has its new season coming up of new slate of shows and new, you know, new and returning shows. Uh, we're just staying exactly as we are. Nothing's changing. Our time remains the same. We've been, and I have to say as well, just on that, you know, just a, a huge thank you to AMI for continuing to support us yes. to allow us to do what we do because we couldn't do this without AMI. No. So, you know, write to your local representative immediately, <laughs> whatever that person may be, and say, hey, have you heard about AMI? Uh, you really need to be supporting this, in particular in the Canadian government. I want to make sure people are aware of what we are doing and uh, what AMI is doing. Not so much us, you and I, but as in More AMI, AMI. As, a, as a network. Yes. Yeah. An amazing, amazing resource. Um, so, yes. Uh, anyway, all that aside, uh, we'll tell you more about the holiday near the time. We'll remind you about that. 
just in case you're thinking, where's my double tap fix? Uh, mm. We'll be on a break for a week. Um, but uh, we'll come back refreshed. We'll wait. Oh, I don't know more what to ideas. do with myself. Ten more shows a week. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> Three hours a day. It's the, it's the AMI takeover. That's what it is. Um, okay, look, lots to get through on the Express today. Uh, we're going to be, as I said, hearing from Peter from Guernsey on the Orbit writer and his demonstration. Also, uh, we're going to be hearing from uh, Adi Kushner a bit later. Now, Adi Kushner is from the company Access Mind, and he's been out promoting the new Optima Braille laptop that he's developing in association with Orbit Research. Uh, he is here, uh, was he, well, he was here, I should say, on the show this week, talking to us, uh, giving us a bit of an update on this project, because you might remember Adi was on the show, well, when was it, early in the year, maybe start of the year? Yeah. And he was talking to us about the product. We were all excited when we heard about it. And Addy came on and he talked about that, but also started a really interesting conversation around the type of technology that we are using, uh, especially in education. It seems that there's a lots of Android-based products that are out there, right? These, uh, think about the Braille Note Touch, and uh, I think Hims use uh, Android to some degree as well on their note takers. And Addy's view on this is maybe this maybe it's time for a change. Maybe we need to move away from Android and actually think more about Windows and a platform that most people going into employment, kids going into employment later in life, will find themselves using. Why not get them used to that now? Um, it's a very interesting discussion. So this product, not just a, a launch of a product, but perhaps a launch of a new way of thinking about the kind of products that we're putting into our kids' hands uh, when it comes to schooling. Um, so interesting that actually um yeah i would definitely recommend going back and and catching that episode because the the talk about you know assistive teaching it it actually makes it harder to teach a specialized project and then teach you know someone using word excel windows or whatever which the the rest of the world use and if you want to get into employment or further education you're going to use this anyway and if it's accessible why not use that Anyway, and uh, which goes into the Optima and the concept of behind that as well. It was a really interesting. I was so, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm getting choked up. I was mm. so impressed with Addy on that. It was really good. We'll put the link to that podcast in the uh, show notes. Yeah. And also, uh, we're going to be hearing from Colin Hughes, who joined us this week. Now, he is a fantastic advocate for all of us. He is uh, disabled himself. He has muscular dystrophy. And he has been out there campaigning for many years on the improvements to Siri. And one new feature that's coming out in iOS 17 uh, is something that he has helped bring about. And that is a new feature that allows you to use uh, Siri with your AirPods uh, and do things like make a call on your iPhone without getting the dreaded, you need to unlock your iPhone first. Oh, which that. just irritates yes. the heck out of me. Well, that's changing with iOS 17, and it's partly due to the work and the advocacy that Colin continues to do for all of us. Uh, it's something that's very important to him, and he'll explain why a bit later. So all that coming up and more here and more here well on the Double Tap <laughs> Express today. But first, it's the Double Tap News. Double Tap News with Grace Caulfield. Thanks, guys. Samsung has unveiled its latest flagship products at its Unpacked event, including the much-anticipated foldable Galaxy phones, the Galaxy Watch 6, and the S9 tablets. The Galaxy Z Fold 5 and Z Flip 5 were the highlights of the show, demonstrating Samsung's continued commitment to pioneering the foldable smartphone market. 
the company has also promised four generations of OS upgrades and five years of security updates for its new Samsung S23, showing a commitment to long-term value for its customers. Samsung also revealed a revamped Galaxy Book 3 lineup and the Galaxy Watch 6, expected to bring new advancements in wearable technology. The Galaxy Tab S9, Samsung's answer to the high-end tablet market, was also announced, promising a powerful and versatile tablet experience. The new devices are expected to arrive in the coming weeks. A company called Forblind has developed the Haptibraille Communicator, a device designed to help people who are both deaf and blind communicate better with others. The device allows users to talk using a computerized voice and feel what others are saying through Braille. The Haptibraille Communicator is user-friendly, portable, and does not require advanced technological skills to operate, making it a significant advancement for improving communication and independence in the deafblind community. The MyManu Titan wireless earbuds are making headlines as the world's first voice-controlled eSIM-enabled earbuds with built-in live voice translation. These earbuds can connect to 4G networks, allowing users to play music, make calls, and send texts without a smartphone. They are expected to hit the US and European markets this spring. The Titan earbuds are designed for those who want to stay connected without carrying a phone, such as runners or cyclists. However, they lack a visual interface and noise-canceling support, which some users might find limiting. However, here at Double Tap, we are very excited about the possibilities of such a device. The government of Manitoba is providing $100,000 to help bring Starlink satellite internet services to First Nations communities. The funding will help support the Manitoba Association of Chiefs of Police's collaboration with the Manitoba Kiwatanawi Okamechanic, which represents various First Nations communities. The money is coming from the province's Criminal Property Forfeiture Fund. Starlink's technology will help residents in northern Manitoba better connect to the justice system, assisting with court appearances, victim services, and crisis responders. OpenAI has launched the ChatGPT for Android app in the Google Play Store a few months after the free iOS app brought the chatbot to iPhones and iPads. Initially, it's available in the US, India, Bangladesh, and Brazil, with other countries set to follow later. On July 27th, OpenAI announced additional availability, saying the Android ChatGPT app is now available in Argentina, Canada, France, Germany, Indonesia, Ireland, Japan, Mexico, Nigeria, the Philippines, the UK, and South Korea. And that's your Double Tap News for this week. I'm Grace Scofield. Thank you, Grace. It's a short one on the news this week. Um, not a huge amount of news, but some very interesting stories. I in want those there. earbuds. Yeah, but that, a phone in your ear. I mean, we're living in the future, sir. Well, that's that's the. I mean, it's got the SIM card in there. Well, eSIM actually yeah. in there. Um, I just wonder how that's going to work. I've been very intrigued. Is this is all driven by voice? I'm guessing. Why well, it must be right because they go in your ear, so there's no keypad or screen on it. So how? I mean, you just prompt it with the number you want to call or your contacts. You must be a companion app with it. Um, yeah, really strange. Um, but exciting. I quite like the sound of that. That's a good point. Yeah, this will probably be a companion to a smartphone, 
button yes. you can take it out. So it's a bit like an Apple Watch in your ears, I guess, an to Apple some degree. Watch in your ears. An Apple like Watch that. in your ear. You can have that one. <laughs> <laughs> don't need a table when you've got a table. I've got loads. I could, honestly, marketing to just get me involved. Yeah, but that doesn't work anymore. You do need a table if you've got a table, if you can't attach the lanyard, if you're Stephen Scott. Thank you. It's not quite as snappy as yours, I admit. I'm not talking to you anymore. <laughs> I'm still looking for a lanyard solution. Uh, thank you, by the way, to all of you who've been emailing in over the course of this week on the subject of lanyard Dealings. <laughs> There's been so many emails about how to do this. I feel like we could do a show. I, I feel like there's a DIY program coming soon lanyards. on the, the subject of lanyard fitting. And how, how, do, how to fit? Exactly right. Yeah. Funnily enough, I've been looking heavily into knitting this week. Oh, uh, this this is what? so good. Right, okay. <laughs> what do you mean? This no. Is, are you going to do some booties or are you going to maybe do a little no, shawl no, for yourself? Just, a Sean shawl? It's too, it's relaxing, all right? It's, it helps you relax and calms you down. Knitting is very good, apparently. But wow, is it difficult to learn when you can't see. There are a couple of Blind Knitters YouTube channels out there, but I um, haven't quite cracked it yet. But, you know, I'll get there, casting off. I have to be honest, I think I'd while. rather just figure out how to learn Braille. It's probably easier, <laughs> unless less throwing the fingers. I'm going to knit Braille. That's knit what I'm going to do. yeah. <laughs> Braille. I actually found, I found a company, I was looking for a backpack the other day, and I had no idea what was going on here, but it was a company that actually make backpacks with Braille, I guess it's like words written on it. Rather than it, Braille, what? No, actual Braille, but just like Braille, almost like just the dots, like, and it's not even like any sense to it. I don't think that they, they actually say anything in particular. I don't know. I have no idea. I couldn't understand it. It just seems to have Braille printed on the backpack, so you walk around random- with this... Pattern. You know, Braille backpack. What, just, what I was looking for, in, in case you're wondering weird. what on earth were you doing, I was looking for a good backpack. Mm. And we'll talk about this maybe next week on the show, but I think I'm looking for a backpack that can hold my laptop, that yes. could hold Braille books as well. Because oh, suitcase then. Well, you're kind of getting there, right? But you want something you can ideally walk around with. And I'm thinking to take my Braille books with me, they're roughly the size of an LP, a record. So 12 inch by 12 inch, roughly. Mm-hmm. Uh, is a standard Braille book. I know that newer, newer books are more A4 size, which is great, but the ones I've got aren't. So I'm thinking, how can I take these with me you without can. having to take, you know, a small suitcase? You can. I and mean, someone to carry you, the suitcase. Unless you get the TARDIS somehow. It, you can't do it. Just take your Orbit reader and uh, an SD card. <sighs> well, I would take my Orbit reader, but someone has it. Okay. I'm saying. Let's move on. Speaking of Orbit, and <laughs> nice segue there, oh, uh, well into done. the uh, Optima Braille laptop, the uh, partnership between Access Mind and uh, Orbit Research, the one that a lot of us are very interested in. Uh, well, uh, it's moving forward. Uh, we are expecting to see this product launch in 2024. And Andy Kushner joined us this week from the company Access Mind to tell us more about how it's going and also the reaction from people as uh, he showcased it at both NFB convention in the States and also Site Village at Birmingham in the UK. I was actually really surprised because uh, the feedback we've got uh, was very, almost all positive. Um, a lot better than I expected. You know, usually when the new product comes around, uh, everyone has uh, things to say about it. And that's good. This is why we're here for. Uh, most of the people liked the design and 
also people were amazed how fast we responded to feedback from the past. For example, when we were talking last time, we talked about that one of the top requests we've got is to add uh, thumb keys. So we've added thumb keys and the version that we were showing both at Site Village and also in uh, at the NFB convention in the United States was with thumb keys already. So people were really liking the fact that their feedback is heard and that we're processing the feedback. Got some useful suggestions as well too. Uh, also, we showed some uh, software progress, like we showed our the beginning of our note taker uh, type interface, like how it's going to look and operate and how it will combine with Windows. So feedback was really, really positive. Was there any feedback? You mentioned mostly positive, And of course, we want to concentrate on the mostly positive. <laughs> but was there any feedback you got where you thought, oh, actually, we didn't even think of that or consider that? And you, you've taken that on board? Yeah, there has been, of course, uh, some feedback about uh, things like the keyboard. It, it, it's, it's actually mostly stuff we knew that people were going to uh, want to see improvements in. And this is why these are prototypes. Uh, so some people did not like, for example, the keyword that we're using currently, but uh, many other people liked it. Uh, but for example, this is an area that we know that we will change, of course, before production. Also, we were still showing the version with the orbit cells uh, only. Um, the PSO one were still working on it, so some people have been asking for that. Uh, we also received some feedback about the uh, Braille display navigation scheme from other people that, you know, there are some people who like uh, some different approaches that are not uh, thumb keys uh, driven, for instance. And uh, that's the that's the beauty of it. Like everyone has a different use case and different patterns that they like. And while, of course, we cannot accommodate all, we'll try to accommodate the majority of them as we can. And are you still on schedule? Has, has anything come up which has put you back at all? Not yet. Uh, <laughs> I'm saying not yet because you never know what will come, what can come up, you know, during uh, during production and also not only production, but during um, during uh, process of various legal uh, compliance uh, and certification processes and uh, stuff like that. Uh, for now, we're still yeah. on schedule for the end of uh, Q124. I hope this will stay the same, but we'll keep, of course, everyone posted. Uh, the one thing that I can guarantee for sure is that we will not get it out until it's absolutely ready, even if we have to delay it a little. So uh, while we want to make it on schedule, and that's what we all hope for, if we have to delay it because we feel that there is still something, you know, small that needs to be corrected, uh, we will not hesitate to do so because the idea is to release... Uh, the best possible product in terms of uh, functionality. And we also need to remember that this is a, um, while it's going to be more affordable than the note takers out there today, it is still a premium product segment. So a premium product segment should deserve the proper uh, premium product treatment from us that we need to provide. And we will provide that. And of course, you pick up on something very important there, which everyone is listening out for, which is price. Now, we did talk a little bit about this before. Uh, have you got a an idea now, a better idea now of what we, that price may be? 
we did not announce, of course, exact pricing, but the prices of the various configs will be between three and six, between three thousand and six thousand. So is that, is that U.S. dollars or? Uh, yes, that is U.S. Uh, and again, final prices will be announced close to release because we still need to um, finalize uh, some components that we need to decide. What are these components that we're sourcing and how are we going to develop some internal things? Because while we use the framework motherboard as the base for our PC platform, there are things that we are re-engineering ourselves. For example, all the thermal management, all the power uh, circuitry, all the braille display communication. We need to do things with the motherboard that are not done on PCs usually. For example, um, we need to be able to have one battery working across the braille display and uh, the framework board while allowing the braille display, for instance, to be powered when the framework board is off, even for terminal mode functionality. And that includes the keyboard. And we need to do uh, things like the six key, uh, the the eight key braille entry, which we want global, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So there is quite a bit of engineering work to do to attach these things together, and based on that, choose appropriate components and uh, you know uh, a lot of design considerations like that. But um, I hope that we'll be uh, on track, and these will be the prices. So it'll start around three, three something. Um, USD for uh, our baseline, which again, we don't have exact specs yet, but it'll be the Orbit Braille cells and uh, baseline processor RAM and storage combo, although it'll be more than sufficient to do uh, all the typical work you want to do. It's not going to be like, uh, there's no i3 option, luckily, so it's not going to be like an underpowered uh, device even for uh, the starting price. So that's Adi Kushner talking to us this week about the Optima Braille laptop and uh, giving away a little bit more than we got last time, in particular in terms of price, three and six thousand US dollars, which I think we can agree is is probably it sounds right to me that price. It's un- I know it's a lot of money, I get it, <laughs> but it does sound right, and I like the idea that the base model will be powerful enough for most people. And that $3,000 mark, if it sits around that, that's, um, yeah, that, that actually adds up. If you think about, you know, a decent laptop with a Braille display added. I like the defensive tone there, Stephen. But surprisingly enough, I totally agree. Um, for a laptop, the, the, the main component here, price-wise, is, of course, the Braille display, right? So once you if you didn't have that, that in, then yeah, we'd be totally like yeah, exactly on, right, exactly but, right. Yeah. But you you put you factor that price in with a uh, the framework laptop. By the way, is very nice. Uh, the, you know the motherboard they they've designed framework is fantastic. So the component modular uh, uh, design of it and the fact that the the technical hardware in it, the tech specs, is actually current. Mm. Uh, I think it is a fair price. I'll be honest with you. And you know me, I'm very, very cheap. But I think it, it, this is actually a reasonable price or an understandable price. Well, the world of Brill laptops gets interesting. Up next, we're going to hear about another product which is coming out in 2024, maybe even sooner than that as well, from an English company called Bristol Braille Technology. Details next on Double Tap Express. <laughs> 
This is Double Tap from AMI-audio. Email us, feedback at doubletaponair.com. Call us, 877-803-4567. And find us on social media, on Twitter and Facebook at Double Tap On Air. And now on Mastodon at Double Tap. Now, through the week, we got a message from Darren, who uh, has been in touch with us a number of times, and uh, this time round brought us some breaking news on the subject that uh, Canute, uh, the Canute 360 device, which is a multi-line Braille display, is getting a new partner. Yes, it's got a new friend, and it's called the Canute console, uh, where you can connect the two together, and essentially it becomes like a little Braille, well, I say little, a Braille laptop, pretty big Braille laptop, actually. Uh, this is not going to be a portable device. I mean, I'm calling it laptop, but I think Braille computer might be a better way to put it. Uh, for those that don't know, the um, the Canute 360 is a multi-line Braille display, so I think, I can't remember, is it nine lines? Of Braille I don't remember get on it. at all. I don't know what this is. Really? I, I must yes. admit, we haven't talked... I don't think we've talked about it a lot on the show. We have had the company on, and we have mentioned it before. And in fact, I remember when it first came out, we spoke to Ed Rogers uh, from the company, uh, Bristol Braille Technology, to learn all about it. And uh, ultimately, it came out of the desire for people to have more than just a single line of refreshable Braille. You know, if you wanted to read a book, for example, you know, you ideally would have a Braille page of refreshable Braille Which in front of you. Which makes total sense to me. Yeah. I've always found it so strange that we're reading a line at a time. Um, <laughs> so that makes total sense. But of course, it comes down to the cost. Well, it does. It? Yes. Uh, and of course, this is not going to be a cheap device. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but aside that, for people who have bought them, and there have been a few people who've been getting them, uh, they are very useful. Uh, but a lot of people want more from them, as is often the case, right? Whatever we get, we want it to do even more. <laughs> and uh, the Canute console might be able to provide a bit more uh, capability for the uh, multi-line Braille display, which is the Canute 360. I'm guessing here, a bit like the Focus 14 connecting to the L Braille, you know, which allowed it to become a Windows computer. Yes. Similar idea here. Uh, now, I spoke to Charlie Harding a while back on the show, uh, just actually last year, the end of last year, about this announcement that had come out, and uh, Charlie gave me some details about this product and uh, what it will be. Essentially, it's it's a it's a clever docking system where you will take a Canute 360, you plug it in, and it completely expands what the the Canute 360 can do. Um, so the dock is made. Sorry, the console. We are calling it a console. We were calling it a Canute dock for a very long time. But we're calling it a console now. Uh, so it's made um, up of a very high definition um, screen. Uh, so both um, the visually impaired and blind people and sighted people can use it. Uh, and the sighted person will uh, see basically what's on top of the Canute display on, on the screen. Um, it has a pullout keyboard and the whole thing runs on Python. So essentially what it does is you, you plug our Canute in and it just makes the, the, the it basically turns it into a mini laptop i suppose and so from sort of creating this and thinking about like what what can we do with it like you know you can do some word processing uh you can do your computer programming and, and coding which is something that um, i know a lot of people are very interested in um and i think it was just a sort of random afternoon where uh, ed rogers who's our, our founder decided to see if he could do uh like quite simple uh games so uh we tried it and it worked so um, there's uh, Snake, which is something we've been uh, working on, which is uh, an old game that used to come free on the old uh, Nokia phones. Um, yeah. 
And so, I mean, the point of that is you have a a line and you have to eat uh, a little dot, a little square. And then every time you eat the square, your snake gets longer. Uh, I have found that I've had to explain what snake is because there's a lot of uh, blind people that never played. They've got no <laughs> well, idea. Exactly, yeah. It was a very <laughs> so, visual game, right? So yeah, a lot of blind game. people never played it. Exactly. And so I say, oh, we've got snake. And they'd say, well, what's that then? And you're like, oh, yeah, because no, <laughs> I'm sighted. <laughs> it's that and assumption. In fairness, and in fairness, there were, there's also blind people out there of an age who probably have never even heard of it because they never had a Nokia phone. They're too well, exactly. young, which exactly. is terrifying. No, no. And there's a, there's someone that we work with who um, he, he's lost his sight completely now. But when he was a teenager, he had limited. And so he was... He would play Snake because that's what his friends were playing, but he would, uh, he'd have his face like inches away from the screen so he could try yeah. and play it. Um, so basically what we've done is we've um, taken that very screen-based game and then made it into um, a Braille game. So the, the display becomes the snake and the little thing that you eat, the little food, yeah. um, and it tells you your score. Um, and it's just this really fantastic way of, um, you know, one passing time. It's entertainment. You know, I just, I'm a big fan of the Candy Crush. I'm a big fan of Snake. Like, so I'll play Absolutely. that for hours. Um, but also it's an incredible way of um, getting people to start learning about like spatial awareness. Um, it's a great way to um, introduce Braille to perhaps younger people who might uh, be a little bit put off by, you know, always learning a new language is boring. I don't want to. Why can't I just listen to things? Um, so it's just a really great way of introducing um, potential Braille users to a world that isn't just reading. I have to ask you, and I know you're probably going to go on to this, but I have to ask you because sure. it's my favourite game, Hangman. We've got Hangman. Yes. I was just about to tell you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, um, I, there was two two people that we sort of trialed the game with because you wanted to see you know just because it kind of works for, for us as sighted people is it interesting to visually impaired and blind people and braille readers i mean that's sort of an offshoot the the real ethos of what bristol braille technology do is we work with the community and we ask them what what do you want we don't want to be the sort of company that throws you know a 600 pound wi-fi enabled white stick at, at people and say there you go we've solved your problems yeah uh, they're like well we never asked for that <laughs> and we can't afford it so um you know every time we come up with something like this we do like to to get um braille users involved the, the charity the braillists are amazing um you know we get them in, involved and say like we've done this what do you think um so again one person had heard of hangman had never played it the other person hadn't heard of hangman at all um and again really great at um you know learning to spell which is something that you know we all take for granted um and again it's just it's a really nice way to pass the time it's a fun little word game um and like we were all like there was four of us just looking over this one machine as somebody played hangman and we just the excitement in the room it was <laughs> it was brilliant and they really really enjoyed it you know one of the great things about this device is that it can do lots of different things it's not just about games although that's a that is gonna be a major draw for a lot of people but you know the fact that you have got essentially a braille laptop with Mm. the ability to you know write on do word processing i'd imagine that that extends to mathematics to science equations all kinds of things, which you can really see the value of in education and in certain work mm-hmm. environments as well. It really takes the commute to the next level, doesn't it? Absolutely does. And it's, um, I mean, one of the things that has always been feedback for the canoe is people say, you know, this this is great. You know, the, 
it's an absolute pleasure actually sitting down to read now uh, instead of having to do everything on one line or trying to find enough room in your house for you know a half of a book of lord of the rings because this thing's like five foot by five foot with all the paper um you know it's 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 but it's been a very limited thing um and a lot of feedback that we get is you know you know we'd love it if it could be be a screen reader we'd love it if it could do this we'd love it if we could do that um and there have been limitations um what with the um sad passing away of one of our computer programmers a few years ago um who was basically leading the charge on on sort of bringing all these extra bits to life um and we've sort of it's, it's always been in the you know we wanted the Canute 360 to do one thing really really well which is give people the opportunity to to read um in a more pleasurable way um but it's uh to be able to take that and then just completely blow what what, what the canoe can do out of the water so let, let me let me get this in my head so i can because mm. i'm i'm a very uh stupid person so Go let on. me <laughs> ask this question directly because i know our audience will be thinking this uh, possibly as well so sure. is, uh, these are two separate things we've got the canoe yes. 360 that docks into i know you don't call it the dock now but it essentially <laughs> can go into this mm-hmm. unit i'm thinking yeah. a little bit like um is it the l braille with the focus 14 and the Focus 40 from Freedom Scientific. There's a kind of similar product. I think mm. that's what it's called. Essentially, you have the this, this separate display and then mm. it docks into this unit, which gives it, you know, the function to be a Windows computer, yeah. in essence. This is kind of, I guess, a similar idea, right? You have one unit that docks into the mm. other and it gives you the extra capability. Yes, yeah, exactly. So you would, if you already have a Canute, you'll be able to just to, to buy the, the console, plug in and go, um, if you don't have a canoe already, you would have to buy um, them both separately. Um, we are coming up with our, our pricing and launch dates um, as we speak. Um, but yeah, so it will be it will be an initial. Yeah, you will have to buy both if you don't have one. Yeah. Um, okay. But yeah, then you go on from there. And for more details on this product, which, uh, you know, obviously you can check out the company's website for more on the Canute console, which is uh, due to launch. Uh, with uh, pricing and availability to follow. Uh, You can go to the Bristol Braille Technology Company website for more details. But if you are interested in the Canute 360, I'm going to play a little game with Sean here called How Much Does This Cost? Uh, The Canute 360, nine-line, 40-cell, each-line display. Okay. um, Available from Canadian Assistive Tech. uh, Mm -hmm. That is their partner in Canada. Yes. Uh, How much is it going to cost in Canadian dollars? Sean Preece, over to you. Well... Okay, so uh, a single line, forty cell display, can be anything. Um, I'm going to say, Stephen Scott, twenty thousand Canadian dollars. <gasps> twenty thousand Canadian dollars. Yes, you'd be way off. Oh wow. Okay, you mean lower? <laughs> Does this feel like a price is right? Doesn't it? It does. Yes. Um, I can tell you, it comes in at. Wait for it. Three four nine five, three thousand four hundred ninety-five wow. Canadian okay. dollars. I have to say, I was very surprised at that price. I am amazed. That's that's less than some forty-cell single line. Yeah, I, I was I was kind of wondering because there were a lot of people telling me they had them, and I'm thinking, again, I, like you, I'm thinking fifteen grand or whatever <laughs> this thing costs, but actually, it's costing that. It's still a lot of money, of course, it is, and it's a very considered product, but. That's less than I thought Hang it would be. Hang on. That, that is incredibly cheap, comparatively so, right? Uh, again, nothing I could ever afford, but it's still the price of a small car. 
Um, a terrible one, but a small car. I, how are they hitting that? Is there something different in the way this is? I mean, this isn't piezo. This isn't. Um, I mean, what are they doing? You can all it's different, honest. Is it? <laughs> I can't say it. Piezo. Uh, this is three coins in the fountain. Is this using bladder, um, bladder? controlled pins? Bladder like, controlled. Know, yes, pneumatic mean? is what I'm getting down to. What does that work? No, no, no. <laughs> like using air to do it. How are they? How are they hitting that price point? <laughs> what is the braille? No, no, I'm not is that a blow up braille display? Is that what you're no, asking me? That was me? a thing. That was a thing. We were thinking. <laughs> How are they hitting that price point? The, 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 well, you're the asking price... me as if I know the answer, so well, there's no point. Do. Well, okay, I, I'm sorry, I don't. I Oddly enough, I don't know everything. I think I said in that interview, I'm a stupid person. Oh, yes. Yeah, and I, I stand by that statement. Wow. Okay, I am really shocked by that. Honestly, I thought it was going to be more than what I yeah. said there, and then 20,000. Just just going off the price of, as I keep saying, the single, single line rail displays. Anyway, uh, we must move go. on. No, because... sorry, no, I'm still talking. Oh, okay. Oh, no, I finished. It's all right. Excellent. Well done. Um, <laughs> let's move on because we've got a, a Braille-themed show today uh, because oh. this week, of course, uh, we had the wonderful demonstration of the Orbit Writer, courtesy oh, yes. of Peter from Guernsey. Hi, Stephen and Sean. Pete from Guernsey. And it's a quick chat about the Orbit Writer, as requested. There's not much point in my actually attempting to demonstrate it because all you're going to hear is clicks. So I'll give you a quick overview and a little bit on using it. So first off, um, Stephen was absolutely right. The Orbit Writer keyboard is basically the Orbit Reader 20 keyboard sliced off above the Braille display. For those of you who don't know the Orbit Reader, I'll give it a quick description if I can. The top of the device, let's say, has your six braille keys with an arrow pad in the middle and a select key in the middle of that and then just below that you'll have three keys one big one in the middle which is your space bar dot seven on the left dot eight on the right dot seven is also delete dot eight is enter um, if you're typing braille at the left hand side of it you have a usb mini socket for charging and for connecting via USB. At the bottom, because blind people have to have them, there is a little bit for a lanyard should you want to have one. And that is it. So in use, it pairs through voiceover. It can pair in two ways and I'll cover that in a sec. So its default is to pair with voiceover and it actually comes up as an Orbit Reader 20. So when you pair it, you go into voiceover, braille, go to the bottom of the screen and Put it in pairing mode you first off activate the channel you want it can connect to six devices and remember them so you have five channels for bluetooth and one for usb each channel can operate in two modes and again i'll come to that in a sec so to select the channel you press i believe it's space left arrow and one two or three for the first three channels and one by one two or three i mean the braille dot or right arrow with space and four and five for the other two Bluetooth channels or six for USB. Now, by default, it's set to what's called SRP or screen reader protocol. And as I say, that's how it connects to JAWS, VoiceOver, I assume BRLTTY, according to the manual, MVDA, etc. So to pair it, you do the same command as you would to select the channel, but you hold the keys down for 
three seconds and you'll get a short vibration to say it's in pairing mode. Then you can find it on voiceover. I'm not sure how it works with Android with the current issue with head, head displays and things like that. You might have to actually use the USB protocol for Android. Well, once it's connected, Orbit say you should lock your phone and open it again. I haven't actually, actually had that problem with the Orbit Writer. I do with the Orbit Reader. I have an Orbit Reader 20 and I do have that issue with the Orbit Reader. In fact, the Orbit Reader is quite a lot more, shall we say, fussy about connecting. The Orbit Writer I found to be fairly straightforward, doesn't cause me any problems. To cover the alternative protocol, there is something called Keyboard HID Protocol. You can set each channel independently as to whether it's SRP or Screen Reader Protocol or Keyboard HID. Keyboard HID, if you've got that selected, you can pair it as a Bluetooth keyboard and it will emulate a QWERTY keyboard. There are some downsides to that. The upside is you can wake your device up with it. The downside is that whilst you can type and fully emulate a keyboard and it's basically 8-dot braille, so for clever people that know 8-dot braille, you'd be fine with that. You can move around an iPhone screen, but you can't, that I've found, select an app. So I can move to the Mail app, but if I press select, it won't open it. The best way to use VoiceOver, in my opinion, is Screen Reader Protocol. Now, there's a lot more to that demo, and you can hear more of it this week on the show. Peter from Gansley did a fantastic job with that. But uh, before we go here on The Express, I wanted to bring in our interview with Colin Hughes. Now, this week we spoke to Colin on uh, the subject of Siri. Uh, this is something that Colin, who has muscular dystrophy, has been battling with for many, many years. We often talk about the useful or uselessness of Siri sometimes. And it can be a real problem for a lot of people. Well, for someone who needs to use voice as an input method all the time on their device, uh, one particular area was irritating Colin, and that was when trying to make a call using AirPods. He would invoke the Siri uh, assistant using voice, but then he would get met with a message saying, you need to unlock your iPhone first, which means he's got to bring out his phone and go through that whole process of <laughs> unlocking first. Uh, however, that's all set to change in iOS 17. Colin told me more. This is something I've been lobbying Apple for for several years. And it stemmed from a frustration I have that in many situations, I can't pick up my iPhone, open the screen to look at messages. So I'm almost 100% reliant on Siri to access things on the iPhone. And the advent of Siri has been absolutely you know, liberating, fantastic for people like me. But one frustration I often came up against was this reply that Siri would often say, you need to unlock your iPhone first. Every time you ask the assistant for your latest messages, your latest calendar events. And it was just incredibly frustrating. I had this fear that Apple would be very worried about security and privacy. But I didn't think there would be a solution anytime soon. However, I kept tripping away, lobbying, campaigning, and things came into sharper focus 
But a couple of years ago, the Apple introduced announce notifications where Siri can read out your messages in your AirPods. I also found that incredibly liberating, but it had one frustration. If you missed a message, say you were doing something else or replying to a message, the other message that comes in while you're doing something else remains uh, inaccessible because if you missed it and you asked Siri to read it to you two minutes later, it won't. It said you need to unlock your iPhone first. So the development of announced notifications sort of accelerated by lobbying and campaigning. And that has, in turn, actually brought about a major change. And Apple have now introduced a new feature coming up in iOS 17, which will now basically allow you to use your AirPods independently. And you can now place calls, you can send texts, and it will no longer ask you if you need to uh, you know, unlock your iPhone first. And the key thing here is, and this is the key bit about this, it's not necessarily meaning that your AirPods are authenticating your device. You would have to you'd have to open up, unlock your iPhone first, then put your AirPods in, keep your AirPods in, in the same way with the Apple Watch. You know, mm-hmm. it's not authenticating for you because I think some people might get the wrong idea of this and think it's some kind of authentication solution through your AirPods, which could be a a security risk, arguably. Their own person puts an AirPod in, suddenly they've got access to your device. Not at all. That is not how this works. If you take your AirPods out of your ears, then this feature won't work and you'll have to, you know, essentially go through that process again. So uh, it does make a big difference, though, and it will make a big difference to us because the amount of times I've had this situation, especially, you know, we're talking today about the Hable One, the Orbit Writer. You know, these are devices that allow you to use your device, um, meaning you can keep your phone in your pocket or in your backpack or whatever. You'd have to keep pulling out your phone. Um, but the problem has been for a lot of us that you have to actually forego security sometimes, like you have to maybe turn Face ID off, or you have to just focus on using your uh, your, your six-digit code. Uh, some mm-hmm. people I know even have just turned off the passcode entirely. That's not great for security either. So this is going to make no. a big difference. Oh, absolutely. I, I, I just love the fact that, that Colin didn't give up. And, you know, and so many times we feel like we're hitting our heads against a brick wall. But, you know, you chip away at it, eventually things can happen. So, I, I, yeah, I really applaud Colin for this. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, we've got lots more conversation to come over the next week and uh, lots more interesting stuff to come on the show uh, over the next five days. So do check out Double Tap every single day. If you're listening to The Express for the first time, uh, then just be aware we are on air every single day on AMI-audio, available noon, 8 p.m., 4 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-audio. You can listen to us. Uh, among some great shows from AMI. Also, you can uh, catch us as a podcast every single day. If you're listening to us in the podcast, uh, don't forget we're available all the time and we have a full back catalogue as well. You can delve back into some really interesting conversations happening uh, on the Double Tap feed. So always check out the shows through the week as well for even more. And uh, keep your feedback coming. We love your feedback and we'll get into all of that on Monday.
Uh, that's it for today, though. I have a great weekend. Sean, I don't know what you're planning, but I'm sure it involves takeaway food. So enjoy. I will do. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Call the Double Tappers now. 1-877-803-4567. Or email us. Feedback at doubletaponair.com. Hi, I'm Red Sale, inviting you to download the latest episode of My Life in Books, where internationally acclaimed authors discuss their lives, their work, and three books that have resonated with them. That's My Life in Books, available wherever you get your AMI podcasts.